2: Um, SEC football strength of schedule, where we're headed, mm-hmm. the modeling. Uh, Ross Dellinger stopped by yesterday. He says they haven't made a decision yet, um, as far as nine games or staying at eight. And but he did drop what he thinks through his sources. It may look like if the teams have three permanent um, schools every year, three three permanent. Yeah you know, teams every year. What what did you make of and you went on a tear yesterday in between your your hoops betting on Twitter, which was awesome. I love it when you get all fired up. Uh what did you make of not just Dellinger, but of where we are going here, maybe going to nine, maybe staying at eight?
1: Okay. So so basically everything that I could think of that that I was tweeting about yesterday. Um so so what the first thing I did is I took what uh, Ross had posted in terms of what the three teams are projected uh, for for you know three permanents. Now, as for going from eight to nine, you know w- regardless of of which three teams they are. Okay, let's put that aside. Which three teams and Nick complaining about it? Let's put that aside just for a second. There's a few things that I have about that. Is number one, why if it ain't broke, <clears throat> don't fix it. I mean, right now, it doesn't matter what anybody does, okay? It doesn't matter what the schedule is for State or Ole Miss. It doesn't matter what it is for Alabama or Auburn. Everybody is going to complain about it, right? It doesn't matter. Everybody's going to complain about it. Change, no change. One of the things college, unless you win a national title in the SEC, everybody's complaining about the season for the most part, right? So, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You're at eight. You've been winning national titles. That's the goal, And now that we have expanded playoffs, you want to go to nine and limit your opportunities? That's dumb. Because also when you go to nine, you can't go back. So we're in the middle of change, of going from four to possibly 12-team playoff, and your conference wants to make a change right in the middle of a major playoff change. That doesn't seem very bright to me. I don't care what the money is. You don't know what's going to come out of this new playoff system. And to make a change, basically you're changing lanes in the middle of the intersection with traffic coming the other way. I don't think that's a very good idea. I agree. Because once you you, you go there, you can't come back. Right. And you don't know how this is going to play out. Now, if you make the change, here's a few things I think that are the one wild card is – Which game are you changing on your non-conference, right? Is, Is Mississippi State adding Texas and dropping the Bahama School of Dentistry, or are they adding Texas and dropping Arizona? Okay? There's a huge difference there in terms of strength of schedule. There's a huge difference there in terms of projecting win totals. Are you, are, are you is, Does the SEC want to go total isolationism and go, I'm going to build a big wall around the SEC. We're not playing anybody but us in here, and we're fine on our own, which would totally, utterly suck. Okay, And I don't think they'll do that, but if they don't, their strength of schedule rankings are going to be through the roof Their injury rate, it's already the highest injury rate per snap in college football, the SEC, with eight conference games. You go to nine, guess what? More bigger, faster guys hitting each other. You're going to have a higher injury rate than you already have right now. You're going to have less top 25 teams. Why? Because you're beating yourself up uh, unless you make the non-conference super cupcake. And if you have less top 25 teams, that means you're taking yourself out of playoff opportunities, adding that ninth game, without making your non-conference terrible, is yeah. is putting yourself in a position with the new playoff format uh, that I think is is a poor one.
2: And it's really bad for Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, South Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky yeah. type programs that at times have shown the ability to you know win eight to ten games mm-hmm. and and have a lot of fun, and their fan base, yep. you know, get to travel somewhere cool and all that, and win big games. Um, and it may even impact that second tier of Auburn, Tennessee, who still recruits well, but not like Bama and Georgia and LSU. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see.
1: Right. Well, if, if you
2: look Hell, at Hell, Oklahoma's up. not much different than MSU and Ole Miss. In fact, I don't think there's going to be a whiskers worth of difference in over the next 10 years. I don't think there's going to be a whiskers worth of difference in Oklahoma. Uh, or Mississippi State don't Miss, but you may well, well, disagree. Well, look,
1: look at the last 10 years. To, to your point, uh, the average class, the average recruiting class, and I love talking about recruiting in the SEC because it's the most important predictive number, right? I mean, if you're going to set up a balanced schedule, you've got to be looking at recruiting. You are stupid if you're not because 70%, 71% of all conference games over the last 10 years in the SEC have been won by the better recruiter. There is no better measure of strength of schedule and competition than recruiting in the SEC, period. But look at your last 10 years of recruiting class averages. Texas, nine. Oklahoma, 9.7. AM and 10.0. Auburn, 10.1. Florida, 10.7. They're all the same program. They're all right there. Tennessee, 13.6. So you have this huge group of six recruiters, Texas, Oklahoma, A&M, Auburn, Florida, Tennessee, they're all bringing in basically the same recruiting profile. Then it's a big drop down to South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, all in the 20s. So, and then you got your three super elite recruiters, Bama, Georgia, LSU, all average a top 5 or better class over the last 10 years. So, you have a really distinct group of top 3 recruiters, then you have this group of six that are basically really solid top 10 recruiters, uh, and then you drop into your top 20, top 30 recruiters at the bottom half uh, of the conference. And if you're not looking at this, setting this schedule up, I don't know what to say to you. I really don't. You know, that. that's why I jumped on this this chart. And for anybody listening right now, if you go to my Patreon account, there's a free post, patreon.com backslash CFB Matrix. I posted this chart that I'm talking about. I'm looking at it right now. It's posted right there for you. You can pull it up. You can DM me with questions. I will talk about this all day because I love college football. But I really believe that if you're going to reschedule, rebalance the SEC, you have got to be looking at historical recruiting and where you think it's going in the future because that's the only way you're balancing competitive scheduling with these three permanent teams.
2: Okay, Bar 2 on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. He's against 9, wants to stay at 8. That's where I am too. Um, mine is selfish because of the two teams we cover in the state, and it's a lot more fun when they're winning seven, eight, nine, ten games.
0: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky
2: just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.